Welcome into another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jay McDonald. We uh, want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. I know uh, it's bit a, a day earlier now coming to you on a Tuesday rather than a Wednesday, but we figured with the Ravens getting ready to play the Dolphins on Thursday night after you know just four days of rest that we'd bring this to you a day earlier in the quick week. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, Ebony underscore Bird, excuse me. You can follow me at McDonald 95 Our two site experts joining me, Chris Schistler and Joe Schiller. Joe is Joe Schiller with two R's out on Twitter, and Chris is FootballMan58. We'll have all these links in the description box for you. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned, EbonyBird.com, where all of our articles are. And, you're, of course, you're listening to this podcast through other iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. I want to welcome both of our site experts in. Before we get started, I uh, just did want to make a quick note. The uh, the Eagles, as we all know, and the Redskins are playing on Monday Night Football. Uh, I, I go to school in central Pennsylvania, and my roommate, who is an Eagles fan, has the game on. Uh, so I told him to keep the shouting to a minimum out there. But if, if there is any background noise, that's what it is in the background. just wanted to make a note of that. But before we get into the Ravens game, uh, did want to note to download the Ebony Bird app from the App Store. You can get it on iTunes, of course, like I mentioned, from the App Store. Lots of content. This one posted just about an hour ago. It's more of the same from the Baltimore Ravens this season. Also, uh, Ravens signing Gavin Escobar, which we'll get more into later. Uh, no, the Baltimore Ravens can't just get rid of Joe Flacco. Uh, and Ravens vs. Vikings, three things that drove us crazy. So a lot of good content out there from all of our uh, contributors at Ebony Bird and our site experts, uh, Chris Schistler and Joe Schiller, who were joining me. So, fellas, we'll go to Chris and then Joe. Just thoughts on the Ravens' 24-16 loss to the Vikings. That was their uh, fourth loss in five weeks, and it dropped their record to 3-4, and four, uh, first time below 500, first time having a losing record this season. Uh, the Ravens had 208 yards of total offense and allowed a crap ton of yards on the ground to the Vikings. That's basically what this all came down to. We'll go over to Chris and then Joe. Uh, how are you guys feeling? You know, a little bit earlier in the week than we talked, but you've had 24 hours to digest another Ravens defeat, so how are you guys feeling at this moment today? Every loss gets us a little bit closer to a fresh start. It gets us a little bit closer to the point where Steve Fischotti can't ignore that there are problems and we blow it up and start over. Because at this point, that's what that's the only reason I have any optimism. It isn't for this season. It's that maybe, just maybe, we'll get a fresh start after this season. I mean, this season, I sadly, for the AFC's sake, this season isn't over for the Ravens. Three and four does not eliminate you at all. But if you look around the league right now, there's probably only three or four teams that are worse than the Ravens right now. Their offense is pitiful. The defense isn't as special as they kept saying it was going to be. I mean, we expected a great defense, and I'm sorry, we're just not seeing that right now. And that's the most disheartening thing. The one thing we know we're good at, we're not doing. And we got Brandon Williams back. We got Carl Davis back. So to give up the rushing yards just drove me up a wall. And I'll tell you this right now, Joe Flacco is not the answer. He's not the answer for the future. They have no wide receivers whatsoever. It's just a problem. We just suck. I mean, what what else can I say? We suck. Yeah, I mean, going this game, what did you expect? I mean, we all thought Matthew was going to play, but they took out his shoulder and guess he wasn't good to go. So he's out for the second straight game, Perryman out. Then Wallace gets concussed in one of the first drives of the game. So that's your top three receivers out, and you've got – Michael Campanero, Chris Moore, and Griff Whalen as your top receivers. I mean, what do you expect is going to happen when the 
um, especially when the running game isn't going. And this Vikings, has a, this Vikings team has a very good front seven, so we expected that to be a problem. I mean, this offense is, is just putrid, and it's the same every week, and that's what we expected. Um, like, like Chris said, the defense has been um, very disappointing. And I, we, I expected it to be good coming into the season. Even with some of the injuries, we still had optimism, but these problems go way past Brandon Williams. Um, Tony Jefferson's played very poor since we signed him in the offseason. He was one of the big offseason signings. Brandon Carr has surprisingly held up. He had that nice interception at the beginning of the game, but that was the only turnover the Ravens could force. If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for the last second touchdown they scored, I mean, three field goals by Justin Tucker. I mean, he's been their best offensive weapon for the past couple of years. It's no surprise there. And even the Vikings had a bunch of injuries they were dealing with, but they were the better team with the injuries this this game, and they're obviously just a better team than the Ravens. Um, Joe Flacco had was mediocre again. I mean, what do you expect with um, with little no help? But, I mean, like Chris said, I, I'm just really starting to look forward to next season now. I mean, the Ravens are in the playoff race, but they're not in it because we just know that this team isn't going to go anywhere, even with a 3-4 and four record. And this is supposed to be the easiest part of their schedule. They played um, the last three games have been against either backup quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks, and that's probably going to be the same Thursday night against Matt Moore. But they're not taking advantage of it, and it's just more of the same this season. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, really frustrating when Brandon Williams makes his long-awaited return after missing a month and the Ravens give up 169 yards to a Minnesota offense that didn't have Dalvin Cook or any of their top running backs, Latavis Murray being the top one who ran for – 113 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries. Uh, of course, you know, you guys hit it right the nail on the head pretty much. We couldn't pre- predict the uh, the Wallace injury, although it was really disappointing to see that on what seemed like the, the really first few minutes of the game because they went three and out on the first drive and the injury occurred on the first or the, the second drive. Uh, that, and, you know, that was disappointing to see considering that Mike Wallace didn't have a nice ending in Minnesota and you wanted him to have a nice game. Uh, but, yeah, you guys really hit the nail on the head. Uh you know, they had only uh, 208 combined yards of offense. Flacco only throws for 186, but, you know, we, he didn't have anybody to throw to like we alluded to, and we're going to get more into this offense uh, as we get on to in, more into the episode, but there is really potential here for this offense to just go down as historically bad, not just for the Ravens, but in the entire NFL. I mean, yeah, uh, we live in a, in, in a league where points are scored all the time, and the game is really uh, favored towards points, but this offense is just absolutely horrible. They almost went uh, two games in a row without scoring an offensive touchdown, but they did on the really literally the final play of the game. So yeah, uh, they did score 16 points, but it really should have been nine. And if you look around the NFL, that you know yesterday there were eight teams that were limited to 10 points or lower, and the Ravens, if they hadn't scored that touchdown in the last second, would have been the ninth one. So really really weird to see just in such an offense-driven league, just the defense being played. It's good to see dominant defense with so much of it on Sunday. So the Ravens, of course, they did hold practice today and a bunch of press conferences. The quick turnaround now, coming back from Minnesota, getting back late last night and having to prepare for their 8-25 matchup against the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night on CBS and Amazon Prime and all the deals that the NFL does with the Thursday night packages. They'll be in their colored rush purple uh, jerseys. We'll be getting uh, into that later tonight. But we do want to talk about some of the injured Ravens. Uh, Monday injury report, obviously the Ravens are very banged up. These players, the following, did not practice. Michael Campanero with the shoulder. Anthony Levine with the back. Jimmy Smith, Achilles. Suggs with the knee, West with the calf, Max Williams with the ankle, and Tim Williams with the thigh. The list goes on and on. Some good news, though, uh, Tony Jefferson did practice with an ankle injury. Jeremy Macklin did practice with his shoulder. Uh, 
Peanut, the, the defender of the linebacker, whose name I can never pronounce. He has a knee. Uh, Skura has a knee. Wallace and Perriman both uh, did had limited practice with their concussion. They're still in the protocol, so not fully back yet. Ben Watson has a knee, and, and Eric Weddle has an ankle. Uh, big quote from today. Uh, we'll go to, to, to Joe and then Chris after I'm done wrapping this up here. I, I saw this off of um, WNST's Luke Jones' Twitter because, of course, I haven't watched the press conferences yet. But Flacco putting up things really quickly. I've got to be more consistent. That's the name of the game. Pretty much uh, exactly what every Ravens fan is thinking, like, hello, Captain Obvious. But you can't blame – I mean, it is an obvious quote, but I don't blame him because of the, the injuries to the offensive line and now the receivers and, you know, the lack of an explosive running back. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and everyone likes to, no matter what, because he's a quarterback. He's the main guy catching the ball every play. But he hasn't had any help this season. I mean, we've alluded to it um, in the past couple of games. I mean, all the wide receivers are hurt. The running backs aren't that great. I mean, if it wasn't for um, Kenneth Dixon's injury before this and suspension before this season, um, Buck Allen would have probably not even been on this team. Uh, Alex Collins has signed off the practice squad. I mean, Ben Watson is the best tight end. He's like 100 years old. I mean, Gavin Escobar comes in. I mean, what I take that as you will, it's not going to change this offense. But, I mean, it's not like Flacco's going to come out and start, like, bashing everything. He just says what what he needs to say and doesn't really say much. I mean, that's just kind of his personality. I mean, the most we ever hear from Ravens players is either from Terrell Suggs or Eric Weddle, I feel like. I mean, even John Harbaugh just keeps saying, you know, we got to get better and stuff. And I don't even know if he's on the hot seat, to be honest. I mean, Steve Piscotty is just so loyal to – to this group and it takes it, it has to take like an 0 16 season for him to even consider firing Harbaugh because he's just had him around for so long and it's just getting to that point where I like John Harbaugh a lot as a coach but at some point he needs to be let go and whether it's this season or not that's a different story to talk about but I mean what are you going to say about Flacco you're paying him 24 million dollars this year you can't cut him it's a 53 million dollar dead cap hit but team can barely have enough cap room to sign a free agent in itself, so I mean, they're they're pretty much just kind of stuck with them, and you can't put all the blame on them. But Blacko himself just hasn't played well, so I mean, it's just it's a little bit of both, and it's just very frustrating from our perspective. Because as much as I love watching the Ravens, watching the game on Sunday was just it was just horrible. I mean, there was just no offense from either side of the ball, and I mean, Blacko just getting sacked on every play is just it's just hard to watch. Yeah, I'm getting tired of hearing. Uh... Coach speak, I'm getting tired of hearing that everything's okay or that John Harbaugh and Ozzie Newsom aren't doing anything wrong. I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I know there's only so many things they really can say. I mean, you're, you're not going to go out there and be brutally honest about the team. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that goes on without the microphone in front of their face. But come on, guys. This is absolutely ridiculous. We just we seem oblivious to change, and if John Harbaugh doesn't go at the end of the season, then everything around him has to change. It's just that we need change. We need we need to fix what's not working. It's this. It's oh, I can't deal with it anymore. I literally slammed my phone down the other day, uh, Sunday, and I said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, I'm never going to walk away from the Ravens. You know that. I, I'm as big of a Ravens fan as they are. Just, it is painful to watch this team on a week-in-week basis. And, I, you know, I haven't watched the press conference or any of that. I just, every week I feel like I hear the same exact sentiment. And I'm just like, I'm done with it. I'm done with, I'm done with this group of Ravens. I just need a, this is one of my least favorite Ravens teams of all time. I'm done with it. 
a big roster move the Ravens made today, uh, releasing guard Tony Bergstrom and signing tight end uh, Gavin Escobar in four seasons, has 30 career receptions for 333 yards and eight touchdowns with the Cowboys, scored four touchdowns two years ago. Uh, Griff Whalen, you know, is number one receiver. will certainly get some help to get some uh, depth in there, not only just on the receiving core, but in the tight ends as well. Uh, so we, Joe kind of sent a bunch of these questions into our, uh, into our rundown before it. We're going to kind of go through them here. Is there hope to turn things around? We kind of got into this a little bit before, but this, I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in the podcast. I'm going to say it again. Uh, this has the chance to go down as one of the worst offenses in NFL history. If it keeps up, uh, again, just the amount of injuries we've seen, it's not an excuse anymore. You know, some people want to point at that, but it just seems like guy after guy after guy that they throw out there, nothing ever changes. You, would, They don't have any chemistry playing together, but uh, there's not really a whole lot they can do. But even though there is not a whole lot they can do, there's still a chance it's, it could end up being the worst of all time. What are you guys' thoughts on this? We'll go over to Chris and Joe, and then uh, Joe after that. I've never seen a worse offense. I mean, even in the Ravens' Super Bowl year when they went uh, through that touchdown trout, I mean, they still had Jamal Lewis. They still had Brandon Stokely and Quadri Ismail and Shannon Sharp. I mean, they weren't great players, but, you know, Shannon Sharp was a great player and Jamal Lewis was a great player, but they they didn't have a lot of explosion. Um, but I've never seen an offense worse than this year's. And it starts with the quarterback position. It starts with the guard and the guard positions without Marshall Yonda. Oh, it's just brutal to watch. And Ronnie Stanley is probably the only offensive lineman Maybe you can put Ryan Denson in there. That's worth a damn. Um, it's just unbelievable how bad this is. And I, when when you're debating who your best receiver on the field is between Griff Whalen and Michael Campanero, you have a serious problem. And the problem wasn't something that just snuck up on you. This is a problem that has been screaming at the Ravens. And the Ravens just don't listen. They're oblivious. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster – is making plays in Pittsburgh. But, you know, we didn't need to draft him or anything. Uh, we didn't draft a single offensive player in this draft other than the two offensive linemen, one of them who got hurt for the season. This is unbelievable. At what point do you say offense is important? We we neglect the offense. We get what we damn ask for. Ozzie Newsom's theme to go on defensive this year is great and all of that. If this was the 2000 season when teams aren't scoring like 20 to 30 points a game, I mean, in today's NFL, you have to have some kind of offense, and the Ravens just don't have that. And these are problems that are not short-term fixes. Even when Jeremy Macklin, Mike Lawson, Rashad Perryman are on the field, this offense still isn't that good. I mean, they did well against the Bengals and the Browns, who are arguably two of the worst teams in the NFL. So that just kind of says it right there. Yeah, this team this team could be one of the worst offensive teams in history, in franchise history, um, and it, and maybe it takes that to for Ozzie Newsom to actually open his eyes. I don't know, because they were pretty bad last year too. But even then, Brashad Perryman caught close to 500 yards somehow. I don't know how that happened, but they just it just got to the point where you just you just want to blow things up, and it's, we've had this consistency um, for almost 10 years now, where we've had the Ravens. Um, Offense was struggling, and even in the 2014 Super Bowl year, the offense wasn't that good. Or 2012, sorry, even 2012 Super Bowl year. I mean, Anquan Bolden's your best guy, and he's 30, 30 something years old. Torrey Smith is 
your second best receiver, and he's, I don't know, he's 22 or 23 years old. The Ravens haven't drafted a deep threat at receiver since Torrey Smith, and that was 2011. I mean, getting Jeremy Macklin's great and all, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's just another Band-Aid, and it's just slowly ripping off, and we're seeing what's happening with this offense. He can't keep signing veteran guys. Because that's not what's going to fix this offense. We even saw reports that the Ravens tried to sign Adrian or tried to trade for Adrian Peterson earlier this season. Like, what would that have done? He's late into the end of his career, and sure, that's good for a couple games. That'll bring people to games and sell some tickets. But in reality, this offense is just not good, and there's nothing they can do right now to fix it. It's, it's going to take a couple mm-hmm. years of drafting and rebuilding to actually get something worth watching on the offensive side of the ball. So you guys are both in unison that the Ravens need to do some type of blow up here, but you do both mention. Uh, that they can't get rid of Joe Flacco because of the financial hit that they would take, the the cap hit. Uh, but with that being said, uh, if if this does continue throughout the season, then over the next several games, and we're staring at a three and six, three and seven Ravens team, do you bench Joe Flacco uh, just to get him some rest if he's beat up or if he's playing poorly? Uh, I remember, you know, like the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, benched Donovan McNabb at a, at a crucial point. In 08, when they came into M&T Max Stadium and got obliterated, just an example of a big-name quarterback being benched. At what point, uh, or would they consider benching Joe Flacco? I would I would say yes if you had a legitimate like young quarterback for the future ahead of you behind him. But it's Ryan Mallett, and Ryan Mallett's not the future for the Ravens. And I mean, everyone's going to be like, oh, just put Josh Woodrum in. Yeah, come on, you got. I can't <laughs> hear that anymore. I mean, that was a narrative in the preseason everyone's like oh Josh Woodrum deserves a chance yeah and now he's just sitting on the Ravens practice squad so I mean that's what happened there I I just I don't I don't think it's a good idea I mean you have a quarterback you're paying 24 million dollars a year and people are complaining about him being on the field I mean it's not going to do any better just benching him I mean he gives unfortunately he gives the Ravens the best chance to win a quarterback I Ryan now is not a better quarterback than Joe Flacco so I agree with every word yeah I agree with every word Joe just said I mean he said it perfectly what what I would say is let's get a franchise quarterback in here. Let, let's draft a guy. Let's let's find the future. I, I don't think you can replace Flacco at this point, but you got to be thinking about the future. And if Baker Mayfield falls to the second round, I and we don't do it, I'm just like, oh god, you're killing me. Well, everything the Ravens are going through right now, they have no time to relax. It's going to be a quick turnaround this week on Thursday Night Football when they get ready to face the actual. Four and two Miami Dolphins picking up a big win over the Jets on Sunday in Miami. This game will be in Baltimore, as I mentioned, 8.30 start, 8.25, 8.30 start on CBS. You can also stream this game on Amazon Prime. The Ravens will be all decked out in their all-purple color rush uniforms. I have no idea what color the Dolphins are wearing as of now. I hope they're wearing white instead of their orange color rush jerseys they wore last year. That would be a deadly combination. But uh, that will be Thursday night at 8.30. I'm Jake McDonald, contributor for Ebony Bird. You can follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 I'm joined. By our two site experts, Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's on Twitter. We as a website are Ebony underscore Bird on Twitter. And, of course, you're listening to this podcast through either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out all of our content at EbonyBird.com and on the Ebony Bird app for your, all your Baltimore Ravens coverage brought to you by Fansided. Uh, moving on to this game, the two worst offenses in the NFL going head-to-head. Uh, so if you have nothing better to do on your Thursday night this week, I got just the thing for you. Turn on the Ravens game. And uh, just get ready for your just get ready for your eyes to bleed. Um, and speaking of the bad offenses, Cutler, Jay Cutler, the Dolphins' starting quarterback, won't be playing. He had a, a cracked rib in the game against the Jets, so he's not going to be playing. The Ravens facing Matt Moore. 
Um, really, this game, I'm scared about Jay Ajayi going hard on the Ravens' bad run defense. Um, their Dolphins' defense is nothing to laugh at. I think the Ravens' offense will struggle against their defense. Um, Nadamakin Sue going up against uh, the likes of Ryan Jensen, James Hurst, and Jermaine Luminor scares the uh, you-know-what out of me. Um, and I think this could really drop the Ravens to 1-3 and three at home. We'll go over to Chris and then Joe first for some quick thoughts on uh, this game. And if you have a pick, I'd love to hear it at this point. All right, I, I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win this game in the ugliest game of all time. It's just got to be. It, how, are they, how are they 4-2? They, they got shut out twice in a row a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've, had a couple, they've strung some wins together now. Um, the, the Dolphins are, are feeling it, but now they don't have Cutler. I, this game just says ugly written all over it. Uh, I would say this. The Ravens offense is going to have a chance to take advantage of the Dolphins over aggression, but, you know, Marty Morningwig never does anything that makes sense, so no, they're not. Uh, it's just this game is ugly written all over it. I am JJ on my fantasy football team, and I am not benching them. I'm going to say this game ends with a tie because of how terrible these teams are. I'm actually <laughs> gonna I'm actually gonna be there on Thursday night. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of excited to go just because it's the Ravens. But then, I mean, I remember what they're actually doing on the field, and I kind of consider why I'm actually going. Well, keep it this way. At least there will be at least it will be dark out, and at least the defense will be introduced. Yeah, that's true. And the color rush uniforms might be the best thing we see all night on the field, to be completely honest. But like Chris said, I think JJ is probably going to run over this team. I mean, I don't think they can stop the run, even with Brandon Williams and Carl Davis back. Matt Moore honestly scares me a little more than Jay Cutler. I I don't know why, but Matt Moore came back in and they came back and beat the Jets. They somehow beat the Falcons last week. I mean, this team is definitely better than the Ravens. They're not good, but they're not very but they're definitely better than the Ravens. Um, I like. I just think it's going to be very ugly. The Ravens killed the Dolphins last year. And 38 just, to 6. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible offensive performance. They Even Brashad Perryman, I think he, he had like a 50-yard touchdown on the run. He just ran all the way past the Dolphins secondary. Joe Flacco threw like four touchdowns. It was insane. It was, it was almost like the Raiders game we saw this year where the offense just had one of those explosive games somehow, and then they just kind of fell apart. I don't think that's going to happen on, on Thursday. It's going to be ugly. I'm probably going to stay the whole game. I hope the Ravens win. I don't expect them to. And, yeah, I mean, if NFL ratings are down, and this game is certainly not going to help because we've seen some really good Thursday night games the past few weeks, and nothing says I want to turn on my TV Thursday night than Joe Flacco versus Matt Moore on national television. I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. I just, from what I've seen from the offense, I have absolutely no hope uh, for any team that they're going to face, maybe except Cleveland the rest of the year. But I do think that they have a chance to lose to the Browns as well. So I don't, unless I see some sort of improvement for the offense, I can't pick the Ravens until then. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think, I, I think Ajayi might have a decent game. I don't think the Dolphins will necessarily explode. I think it'll be a relatively close game, but I do think the Dolphins will probably win a very low-scoring affair. What do you say, like, you know, 13-10, 16-13, something in that range. Uh, so I, I, it sounds like we're all going for the Dolphins, unless you guys have any last-minute uh, questions or uh, anything else you wanted to get to tonight. No, I think the Dolphins are going to win. It's going to be another game. I think this is going to be an embarrassing moment for the Ravens. I hope I'm wrong, but there's a part of me that hopes I'm right because every loss should get us closer to starting over. 
So will there be any starting over after the Ravens Thursday night game against uh, the Dolphins? And of course, uh, with all the rumors circulating the offense and Marty Morning Lake, for example, if the offense has another pitiful performance, it will be interesting to see if there is any buzz after as if the Ravens will have a 10 day rest period after this Thursday night game. Against the Miami Dolphins, again, I'm Jake McDonald, joined by our two site experts, Chris Schistler and Joe Schiller. All the social media accounts I mentioned earlier are below in the description box. So if you do plan on watching the game, try not to uh, to have a hard time with it. Hopefully the Ravens show some sort of life or urgency, especially on offense. Uh, but right now, things just aren't looking good. So uh, if you have other plans, make other plans for Thursday night. I certainly do not blame you at this point of the season. So once again, for Jake and, or excuse me, for Joe and Chris, I'm Jake McDonald. Thanks for tuning in to the Ebony Bird Podcast on either iTunes and Block Talk Radio. We will see you right here next week. And uh, once again, this is a special early edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast.